Welcome to Masterpiece Women. This is Tina Raines, and I'm the founder of Masterpiece Women, and I am so excited to have you here today. We are a community of authentic women from all over the world, growing together personally, professionally, building businesses and ministries together. So grab a cup of coffee or your favorite tea and sit back and grow with us. Thanks for being here, ladies. Hello, beautiful ladies. Today we are doing Exodus chapter two, and it's such a great chapter. When we look at Exodus chapter two, we look at this, we, it starts out with this mother. She's had this baby and Pharaoh's killing all the baby, all the male babies. So the midwives are supposed to be, you know, drowning them when they're born. And um, the midwives have said in chapter one, no, we're not going to do it. We're going to obey God. We're going to do the right thing. And of course he says he blessed him with it. But think about mom. Mom just had this baby. The midwife did not drown the baby. However, they're supposed to give this baby up. They're, she's supposed to not have a live child, right? And yet she's nursing this baby, protecting this baby, keeping it um, safe and trying to figure out how do I do this? I can only imagine, you know, I think if I were the mom and I had to protect my child from being killed um, or them finding it. So you couldn't let it cry. You couldn't let it make noise because you could risk them killing your baby. I just can't even imagine the fear the mom has, but isn't that how so many of us live our lives in fear? I don't know about you, but me as a mom, oftentimes I have lived in fear, in fear of what's going to happen to my child. I know when my daughter almost died, my oldest, it was so scary. And I trusted God. I believed him. And there was a time where they came and told me basically she had all these calcium deposits in her brain, all this dead brain tissue. They'd done an ultrasound. And I was so angry at God for not protecting her. I was so angry because I believed he was going to heal her. And I had trusted him to do it. And then according to the doctors, excuse my dog, I have a sweet dog, but sometimes she just doesn't know when to be quiet. She doesn't realize that I'm doing a Bible study with you guys. I presume the postman must be out there. So let's see, she stopped. So that's good. Um, but you think about it and you think about how we fear things and how we trust God. But then in some circumstances, we just suddenly give up belief in him. We suddenly give up trust in him. And I felt, I remember having that feeling when my daughter was two months old and I almost lost her. And um, when I was studying this and think, I was thinking, oh, I can imagine the anguish the mom was having at that time, knowing that all was at risk and her baby's life was at risk. Um, and then I think about how God was so gracious. So let's look and look at in verse, um, in chapter two, in verse seven to nine. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby? Literally, this mom puts her baby on the Nile. The princess finds the baby. It's almost as if she knew. It's almost as if she knew that her maidservant was a sister of this Moses. God in his sovereignty provided her being there, doing her business, and finding this precious child who she then takes care of. And she says, yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. 
Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him in Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses saying, I drew him out of the water. How awesome is that? Like he then became her son, gave him all the opportunities that this child would not have had staying with his mother if he had survived at all. And the mother had the blessing of being able to nurse him, watch him grow and see him grow into this leader and do all that he did. So it was just really incredible. I'm gonna encourage you, if you haven't read chapter two, stop the video for a minute, read chapter two, ask God to really reveal himself to you in it. Once you see in chapter two, as we see how God provides, like he provides in everything. Sometimes we don't see it in that moment. Sometimes we're in that place of drought. Sometimes we're in that place of just waiting on him and waiting on him. And you're just like, God, show up, please. I remember just praying and praying and praying when I was leaving the ministry and asking him, God, show up, show me what you want me to do. Where do I go? Do I stay in the ministry? Do I go back? Do I start a new business? Do I not? What does that look like? God, how do I, how do I navigate through this? And I just, I was so dry and just felt like I was in this wilderness. And I remember asking my friend Lisa, what should I do? What do I do? I don't feel like I even hear from him. I read my Bible every day. I do all the steps, but I just, I haven't heard anything from him. She says, Tina, if you will stop and you will worship him for a little, just worship. Don't ask, don't pray, just worship him. Get reconnected in worshiping his sovereignty. Because sometimes we get so busy asking for ourselves, asking for directions, asking for what we want versus worshiping him. And it was in that waiting that I just began to worship him. And I look back now, and there were so many powerful lessons I learned in that waiting, but I didn't see it in that moment. And oftentimes that's how it is. We're in the waiting, we're waiting, but God develops us in those seasons. God develops the leadership in us. He develops our character. He develops so much in us when we are waiting, if we'll trust him, if we'll just turn to him and worship him. I think about, think about Noah. Noah waited how many years? 120 years Noah waited. I'm like, I don't know. I could wait one, let alone 120, but that's what he did. I'm like, oh Lord, let me be more like Noah. Abraham, Abraham waited 25 years. Joseph waited 14 years. And then you think about Joseph, he waited 14. I think, uh, I mean, Job, Joseph waited 14. I think about Job. Job practically waited his entire life. Think of his catastrophic life. I remember when I was wait, I was going through my divorce. I was at the worst time in my life. I thought I was just so devastated. And I remember saying, Lord, I feel like Job. Can we like stop already? Like it's, if it's not one thing, it's another. I need you. I need you. I need you. I look back now and I look at what happened in that season, that difficult season, just like Job. I ended up rededicating my life to the Lord. I ended up um, going through some of the most difficult times in my life from divorce, the market crashed, my house was worth half of what it was worth when I bought it, and I'd only bought it six months before, and um, staffing was at a null. It was just everything in my life had gone wrong from the world's perspective. 
But on the spiritual perspective, I rededicated my life to the Lord. And I look back at that season of waiting and there was so much God did in it. And so many times our greatest lessons are when we are in that waiting, if we just stop and look back. And that's why I encourage you to journal, 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 because you'll see so much of what God did in those difficult seasons when you're journaling. And it's just so powerful to go back and see how he changes things for you and how he answers those prayers. Sometimes they're not the way you thought that he would, but they're so much better than what we ever dreamed or imagined if we just trust him. And, you know, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says, trust him with all your heart, lean not on your understanding and all your ways follow him, right? And because he will do it, he will give us. So I want to read here in chapter two, in verse 11, one day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people looking this way and that, and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid in the, hit him in the sand. The next day, he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting the fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have been known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. And the rest was history, right? You know that he sat down by the well, he met his wife, got married, had babies. Even in his sin, right after his sin, right after he had just killed this man, it was found out. What does he do? God uses him. God provides him with his wife. God provides him with his family. God then um, shows him favor with the uh, his wife's father that isn't that just so like the like the lord it's just so like him i know during that season i was just sharing with you about in that season of my life that's when god called me into full-time ministry that's when god called me um as i said to rededicate my life and then i i a few years later went into full-time ministry and god uses broken woman to help thousands of women and children around the world freedom from human trafficking and oppression and exploitation of women. He used me, me who wasn't deserving, me who was divorced, me who had made so many mistakes in my life. He used me. He can use you despite of anything you've done as well. He wants to use us. He wants to use us to do what he's called for us, called for us to do, what he's planned for us to do. In 29, Jeremiah 29, 11, he says that he is there to give you hope and a purpose. He has great plan. He says, if you call to me, I'm there. If you pray to me, I'm there. If you seek me, I'm there. I encourage you, stand on his word. He has great plans for us. He hears us when we pray. He hears us when we're seeking him. He's there when we're seeking him. Just go to him today. Ask him, God, what would you want me to do? Forgive me of my sins. I surrender. I want to be all that you've called me to be. Lord, I just come to you today, Heavenly Father, and ask that you will deliver us just like you delivered Moses, just like you delivered the Hebrews, Lord, that you, Lord, are the deliverer, that you, Father God, deliver us and you heal us and you give us 
mercy and grace and so much unconditional love that we don't deserve, Lord, that you use us despite of our failures, that you give us everything we need to do what you planned for us so long ago, that you give us all the tools that you are going to equip us, Lord, equip us, Lord. You don't always call the equip. You call us and then you equip us, Lord. And so, Lord, today we're trusting you to equip us for whatever it is you've called us to do in every aspect of our lives, Lord. And it's in your precious holy name we thank you and we praise you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, girls, I'm just so excited to be doing this with you. I just love the word of God. I love how God reveals himself in the word of God. I love how there's always a gold nugget. You may have read this a thousand times. I know I've read it so many times, but every time I read it, he gives me something new. And that's what's so awesome about the word of God. And so I'm just going to encourage you today to take the time, read it, and we're going to go some of the chapters will go chapter by chapter. Some we're going to do a few chapters at a time, but I'll guide you as we move forward and um, break how I'm breaking it up and just read it as you want. Take the video as you want. Use it however you want. Listen to it. I just want you to know that Jesus loves you. So do I. And um, I love doing this journey together with you. And let's just be free. Let's just trust him for total freedom, trust him for everything he's called for us to do. So have a wonderful, wonderful day.